From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project channel. Welcome back to the podcast. Today on episode 273, I answer your powerful, deep profound questions, important questions pertaining to anxiety, pertaining to spiraling out of control with anxiety, where the mind is going in all sorts of directions, you, your routines are disrupted, you are questioning your present self, your past self, your future self, and so many complexities arose within your perceptions and your life, real concerns. And a lot of it imaginary, but real concerns, real concerns. I mean, it could be job loss. It could be real illness. It could be disruptances in your routine and the uncertainty of the future. Too many possibilities ahead of you. And that's why your anxiety has rose up to the surface. So we're going to explore that. It's a great question from Alexandria today. And then we're going to explore another question from Leonard pertaining to growing up in a household of extreme comfort. Can those people, your parents, your your siblings, influence you to this day and, and impact your kind of comfort mindset, your set mindset? And that's interesting. And how do we break away from that collective group into the self-actualized self, Carl Jung would describe the self, that we really deep down want to be? And that's, a, that's going to be really interesting to unpack today. But I think before I dive in, head on over to the YouTube channel if you haven't. I post videos weekly. The past week, I did a really interesting video on the movie industry, movies today, why they're not impacting us. And I took a Jungian approach and I I think I related a little bit of Freud in there. Oh, Piaget, Jean Piaget, I put him in there. But I wanted to approach the impact of movies today from a psychological perspective and why they aren't resonating with us. It's a really awesome video. I, I had the green screen in that video and I had all these videos playing in the background to kind of hammer in my point and make it more visually entertaining. But I thought it was a really fun video. Go check that out, man, because we all love movies. And, and you know, Carl Jung said the reason why movies really connect to us is because they're activating deep inner truths within us. And those spirits, the spirits of like Luke Skywalker or, you know, the spirit of, I don't know, Han Solo or Harry Potter, they resemble the self, right? The spirit of what's constant throughout transformation. I think it's, it's such a fun video to go check that out. But now let's dive into the this podcast and the first question, which comes from Alexandria, she says, how does one get out of that spiral into extreme anxiety? Can you explain the causal factors, habits, thoughts, etc.? Great question. And I think to start this one off, anxiety is a sign that one or more obstacles have presented themselves in your goal-directed behavior. Because we're all 
We're all moving towards something. We're all aiming at something every single day because what you attend to most often is what's manifesting itself as important and of significance. So pay attention of where you're aiming every single day because that determines what you value. And so if you're questioning a relationship or a job as some as something, you know, you're questioning this as something, well, it's significant. That's the fact that you're questioning it, right? Like it's in the back of your mind. Maybe it's something your boss said to you. Maybe it's it's the uncertainty of the future of maybe you don't have a job. Maybe it's the uncertainty of a potential illness or maybe the unknown of someone in your family passing away. All of these disruptances occur at some point in our lives and everyone experiences a spiral into anxiety. Everyone. That's what connects us and we and we feel like we're a, a unique snowflake when we happen to experience this crisis or a crisis in our lives because we're not brought up with a great understanding of anxiety and how the mind works we're just not and so when we fall into anxiety we think well I'm a unique person um, I'm going crazy uh, I'm a weirdo and understandably so, because you definitely feel that way. And it, because anxiety takes over, it takes over all brain processes. It puts itself in the driver's seat for good reason, because it needs to respond to perceived danger. And that's what I'm talking about here. The unknown pops up, a perceived danger occurs. An obstacle is in getting in the way of your routine because we're all in some sort of routine, routine, like it or not, whether it's a terrible routine or not. We're all living in a sort of a, a bubble of what's familiar, right? And a complex comes up, which is like the uncertainty of whether a job or a, a relationship that's rocky. And this complex contains wisdom. And the more you pursue the solution to this complex, the more you will make it into something known and habitable. The anxiety will lessen the more you explore this. I mean, the more you explore the anomaly, the more you make its complexity into something that is manageable. And that's how self-resilience occurs. It's not the it's not just the fact that you can solve that particular problem, but once you do, you realize that you have the capacity to solve the set of all problems. And that's the spirit of the archetype. That's the spirit of the self, right? The, the, the spirit that can transform itself across time, that it, by voluntarily confronting what's difficult and what you don't want to confront. So that's why when I talk to clients and they're having difficulty with a certain fear, well, first of all, you have to break the fear down into manageable steps because ultimately the goal is for the client to, well, solve this particular fear on their own so that they can see within themselves that they're so capable.
so that they can see that they're so capable of dealing with complexity. And then you see within yourself that you can progress through a complication, but the more complexities at a given time, the more you experience anxiety, the more you can spiral into this overwhelmed state. And then you're in the middle of the ocean looking for dry land. And so first, specify the complexities of your life by separating yourself from distraction. Cole Jung couldn't emphasize this enough. We have to spend time with ourselves in order to understand the self. This is a given, all right? If you don't have any sacred time in your life, then how are you going to manage all of the complexity in your, in your mind? Sometimes the complexity gets so overwhelming that when a client or when somebody decides to spend time with herself, the thoughts are just too great. And that's a sign that everything's just been built up and that you've been refusing to acknowledge and shine a light on the thoughts. And because of that, not only do you have many to deal with, when you actually do spend time alone, the fact that you have many overwhelms the person. But writing a list will help you organize the chaotic mind. It's so crucial. And these complexities, they tend to swim around below conscious awareness. And we do our best, whether you like it or not, to wave them away because of their difficult nature. Labeling them, giving them a name, is confronting truth. Putting a name, like saying Voldemort, you got to say the name in order for any change to occur. Like the fear is, is Voldemort, but how does one manage Voldemort? Well, Harry Potter's like, well, you got to say the name. That's the first step into learning how to contend with the thing you most fear. And then you take one of the things that you write down, one of the troubles in your mind, so maybe it's something about your job, the uncertainty of your job. You take that, and then you write down associated thoughts and questions that correlate with that. And so it's those unanswered, it's those unanswered questions that bring on the unknown, is it not? unanswered questions. Anxiety equals too many possibilities. So you probably have like five, 10 questions associated with one of those problems. And then if you do that to each trouble in your mind, you'll realize on this long list, this like on these pages, you'll realize that that's all been in your mind. And no wonder you're so emotionally all over the place. And, and, and then what's our best bet forward? So, well, maybe speaking to somebody about all of these complexities is a start. A lot of my clients come to me because there's so many complexities in their life. And by speaking to me, they unravel all of that, which is so bloody useful. You have to, because two brains are better than one first of all, or maybe you already figured out a lot of your solutions just by writing it down. 
Carl Jung says that we need models in our lives that resemble the self. Now, the self is what remains constant across transformation. So the spirit of Christ, because Carl Jung called Christ the, the self, because Christ resembles the self. That re what remains constant across transformation. And the spirit of Christ is something is the person that goes out into the unknown and seeks truth and confronts the chaotic elements of existence voluntarily. And what's interesting about the symbol of Christ is that we hold that to a high, well, our culture holds that up, symbol up, to be something of sacred. That's because Christ transcends, transcends, the chaotic elements of existence, suffering. He transcends suffering. We all hold that up. I mean, we see that in the Buddha story. We see that in the Egyptian mythology. We see that, and then that is in, in current stories that is represented in Harry Potter. It's that spirit that they inhabit. I love that. And we, we admire these people for certain reasons, unconscious reasons, and I think it's because we always we always seek to understand the complexities of existence, but also how one can deal with that. And the archetype of Christ is the, not just the person who transforms himself when confronting suffering, but he has all the worst things that could possibly happen to a human being happen. And yet he transcends that and we admire that because, well, if Christ could do that, maybe I can. Maybe there's hope within me. We need these stories because that brings on that hope. But Carl Jung said we need to adopt some sort of self, the image of the self through a mentor, through a guru, through some sort of religious practice. We need that. And I think we need to find somebody who, who has gone through the same problems we're going through and overcame those problems. I mean, that's how I overcame my anxiety was because I, I, I couldn't look to my immediate family for support because they didn't know anything more than I did. And you need to go to somebody who contended with that dragon, specific dragon, and overcame that dragon. And you have to look at, at the details of their process through the unknown. And then I want to say you have to minimize your days. Right, it, it, well, as you start to learn about the process through that suffering, minimize your days. Much of your days are filled with things that aren't really contributing to the spirit of your growth. And you have to sit with yourself. You have to have some sort of sacred time within your days. And th the only way to fully contend with the snakes is to be with your thoughts and to be with your emotions and then add habits that calm the body down. You have to do things that relax you, that relaxes your parasympathetic nervous system, your stress response. I mean, this will help you think more critically and calmly about what you need to do and how you should progress forward. I've done this many times when the snakes have popped up in my life and I've been feeling overwhelmed and depressed and I don't know where to, where to go. I would sit with myself 
and I, I particularly like to sit outside in the grass, take my shoes off, and I would think, like, what, where do I need to go? Like, I'm speaking out into the universe. I'm speaking to God. And the answers kind of come up. The answers, typically not ones you like, but you sort through the problems by speaking by speaking outwards, admitting that there's a problem. Is there any solutions? And, you know, talking to people also helps as well. Doing both of those, being with yourself and talking to others, making the problem the forefront of, of significance in your life. Because the reason why we obsess over problems, questions, concerns, is, well, the body's trying to sort it out. The body's putting it uh, at the pinnacle of what's important. So, so yeah, you have to, you have to take that at face value, and pursue that sucker until you can make sense out of it. And you have to approach it with a certain attitude in mind right? that you want things to be better. That if once you explore this, that you know you can actually move forward and move beyond this and that it's an opportunity for change it's an opportunity for you to learn what this complexity has to teach essentially and so then you have to sacrifice things in your life like tv time with your kids uh, time socializing on your lunch break with your co-workers and spend time with yourself to to unravel the certain complexities and I think that's where I'm going to leave you, Alexandria, on that question. Thank you for that. That's really important. And the anxiety, remember that the anxiety is a sign that there's emotional disruptances, disruptions, and that you need to sacrifice much of your current ways of operating in the world to manage that. And you have to remember also that you have to create order out of the chaos so and 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 so beyond the complexity you have to make as much order as possible in routine so waking up and sleeping at the same time establishing habits like meditation or exercise or just journaling but scheduling those times and repeating those things for days will generate habitable order, at least around the chaos, until the chaos then becomes habitable. But if, if, you, if you're all over the place, if you're eating sporadically, if you're sleeping and waking sporadically, that's just only going to make the other complexities, maybe pertaining to your job or your kids, or the uncertainty of the future, even worse. So just keep that in mind. The next question comes from Leonard. He says, could our resistance to change be due to our upbringing? It's good. Being around others who settled in comfort and chose not to grow in mind. Really good question. Certainly, first of all, because you become who you repeatedly hang around. And Carl Jung said, we take on the spirit of the group, the collective mind. But it's so often that the spirit of the hero, the one who goes out into the unknown and confronts chaos voluntarily, they grip us. They grip us, especially when we're overly comforted. 
And there's something that we also don't admire about people that remain in comfort and refuse to take on any sort of challenge and, you know, kind of, you know, slump around, slink around in their, you know, day-to-day lives, complaining and living in, in like, comfort bubbles. And I think it's because, well, we know that life is difficult. We know that, that I think in the background, we know that there's so much wasted potential. I mean, we know that we could manifest more, even if, you know, we come into contact with others who are kind of like magical in nature, right? Like they are doing things that are difficult and, you know, they look, even they radiate that. They look at, they, they look stronger. They look rested. They look rejuvenated, right? There's something about that. You don't even have to really dig too far into people's lives to kind of get that. You can get it from the outlook of them. Maybe the way they dress, they present themselves, the way they look, there's something about them, the way they walk and speak. There's something admirable. And I think to get to those points, you have to do difficult things, disciplines every day. You have to make significant sacrifices in order to get there. And so I think we, well, first of all, we don't admire those who kind of embody habits that resemble infants, like, you know, the habits that you take on in your 20s and they still embody that when they're 50. We don't admire those people. It's, they, they're like clowns, right? Clowns are infantile adults. They're creepy. That's why we think clowns are un, un, creepy and we find them uneasy. But I think... When you are around a group, this family especially, and you want to change, it's really important that you take on that cross and change and see what happens. You know, like Peterson, who says, tell the truth and just do that and see what happens. I mean, and that also pertains to the truth of who you embody, right? The truth of your situation. Are you suffering? Are you not reaching potential? Do you want more? Do you want to take on more responsibility? Do that. See what happens. Because when you do and you start to move in some sort of direction, then you'll know the true, the truth of your current relationships. Because those people will either support you, they'll support you, or they'll question you. And when, 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 what I mean by question is they question and then they grow themselves. You know, they kind of look at it and be like, hey, Brad's taking on a lot of responsibility, making great sacrifices. Maybe I should do that. Maybe, you know, maybe I can get something out of it as well. So that's what Cain failed to embody in the Cain and Abel story. Or they try and drag you back down, you know, then that's Cain, right? That Cain is like the one who shakes their fist at you and say, you know what? Screw that person. I don't like what they're doing. They're exposing me for the kind of bumbling idiot I am. And that's interesting because families can, can do that and tend to do that. And then you realize what kind of people they are. And if they're like that, then the only course of action that is necessary is to separate yourself from those people. And, you know, if you try and 
change other people as well, the likelihood that they change is very unlikely. So just work on yourself. That's important. We all have this drive to serve the group without question, to serve the group, right? And you get tangled into like-minded people, right? That way. I mean, we all want to be liked. Maybe we're, we're feeling fulfilled within that group of people. We're feeling like we belong, right? You belong. But you have to really answer the question, is this what you want? Are you feeling, what, what are you feeling? Are you feeling like you're not manifesting what you want? You're feeling like you're suffering still? Change. See what happens. You become identified with the group, the group of like-minded people. That is why you tend to be with like-minded people. The persona wants to be seen in a good light within the group. So, Maybe your best bet is to step outside the group. David Goggins said that the road to self-mastery can be a very lonely one. A lot of, a lot of times I had to step outside of all of, I had to step outside my family. I had to step outside my previous relationship. I had to step outside most of my friends. I had to step outside. I was in the libraries alone reading. I was doing recovery programs on my own. I was going to the gym on my own. I was watching all of these videos of my mentors on my own. Sometimes, most of the time, that's what's required. A lot of people don't want to do that. But it's crucial adopting a coach, someone who's not in the same mindset you are, who has a growth mindset, and maybe you can absorb that. That's why watching a lot of people, that's what they say my channel's useful for, is they they adopt much of my mindset because, well, the more you expose yourself to that kind of way, mindset, I mean, the more likely you're going to adopt it. And that's useful. So that's why it's difficult to break outside of a family circle, a friendship circle, is... You, you feel accepted. You feel like you're part of something. You feel like you're doing something right because everyone else is operating in the same way. But maybe there's another way to operate. And I think that's a great place to conclude on this episode. Thank you. Thank you for the great questions. I thought this one was particularly interesting. Very useful to think about these things. I hope that you re-listen to this. There's a lot packed in here. But again, thank you everyone for all the great questions, for leaving your comments. Make sure to go over to the YouTube channel, check out the weekly videos, re-watch them, send them to people that you know who are suffering. Let's awaken together. Let's pursue, let's pursue our higher selves, that, that self. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery.